Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Godleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Yeah, so uh, let's see if, uh, if possible, I'm going to try not to curse at all. But we'll see how that goes. I, too, will give it my best effort. My, uh, my levels were a little jumpy, and now they're flat when I'm silent. So maybe it's, uh, you know. Maybe it knows what it's doing. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'll just leave mine at 80 then, and we'll see what happens. But I've just noticed the last couple of weeks could just be that you're really not interested in talking to me, but a lot of times it's hard to pick up what you're saying. Oh, no. Well, that's always the case. So if it's different recently, then it's a technical thing. Okay. I will speak up, though, like this. All right, so I'm going to need a couple minutes before I drink my show drink. Do you already have something that you can kill time with? I do. Okay. Let's do what we do best. Which is not this show. All right, it's that time again. I, you know what I did this morning? Uh, I don't know if you saw that I dropped a few files in there, but I was, I was bleeping around, and looking at, uh, on ways to do, uh, beer advocate theater in a classier way. So I went online and okay. looked for like uh, free, text to speech options for like, uh female english voices and bleep so i could okay yeah and uh i I recorded a beer advocate review for the drink that i am having today so i'm gonna go ahead i'll I'll read it anyway Um, yeah but i'll 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 put in the good version later if you want to that involves editing though so i totally understand if that's not something you're interested in but you're saying you put a bunch you stuffed a bunch of junk in my box earlier today. i did yeah so, you know, you I mean, it, it, it's up to you if you want to try to squeeze it in or if you just want to leave it okay. hanging. I understand that it's hard. I'll be gentle when I'm editing. I'll fondle around with it and we'll see if we can fit it in. Great. That's right. So we are the illustrious gentleman. He's Scott. I'm Ryan. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about comics and alcohol and pop culture and it, whatever else we feel like doing. And now Scott is going to tell us all about the beer he is having for today's show. Today I am drinking Hop Valley Brewing Company's Citrus Mistress. I I think I stepped on that. Citrus Mistress. It's an India Pale Ale brewed with grapefruit peel. Uh, There's a few words on the can. I don't care too much. Uh, it's 80 IBU, 6.5 ABV, uh, and I will read a, uh, a, a beer advocate review for you now. Uh, we Please may do. use it, we may not. 
This one comes from Wasatch. I, I'm not going to spell that because I don't care. Uh, Wasatch gives it a 4 out of 5. And uh, here we go. Poured into a tulip a nice hazy dark golden orange color with some nice carbonation with a thick creamy one finger off white head which also leaves some sticky lacing behind. The nose is hoppy, malty, with a nice citrus complex, orange, tangerine, grapefruit, piney. Medium body, ABV is hidden nicely with a nice dry, bitter finish. Overall, a tasty brew. Four out of five. Excellent. So Wasatch is also the name of the of a brewery in Salt Lake City. Pour this out. It it, it is bright. It, it 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 is rich. I think. Mm-hmm. The uh. It's got a good head on it. A little foamy. I don't know. I want to say the saturation is dialed up on this one. In front of my window, anyway, looking on the screen here, it looks much different. So let's ready. Mhm. Mm. Yep. Mhm. I've. Uh, it's definitely uh, an IPA. Mhm. I got the citrus notes. Uh. Yeah, I agree with the off-white head. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, a little fruity, bitter, with off-white head. It's like they're talking about me. Uh. All right, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, not, not um, bad. Let's get it started. All right, so I'm doing a little comparison today. So I had a, a mule. Have you ever had a mule, like a Moscow mule, a mule? Uh, is that it's a... usually gra- it's usually grapefruit juice, ginger beer, and vodka, with like a grapefruit rind in there. But I did Mission Vodka, which is a local Arizona vodka from Arizona Distilling Company, and I did it with lime juice instead of uh, grapefruit. And it was pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. But the drink I'm actually drinking for the show is going to be a bourbon variation on the mule called a, I already forgot what the name of it is. Um, it's a, essentially a mule, but it's named after whatever bar first made it with bourbon. I can't remember the name of it. It doesn't matter. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be bourbon, lime juice, and ginger beer. And mm-hmm. I am using a Rebel Yell Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Mm. I bought it yesterday. It was like $17 on sale. Mm. And then after I got home, I read a review and it did not have a great review. But apparently it is it is made by Heaven Hill for whoever owns Rebel Yell. But on the on the review site I list, I read it has a 71 out of 100. Mm. Um, and it doesn't smell anything special, but we'll see how it is in a cocktail. So let me shake it real quick. Yeah, that's what you need to use it for. There you go. Oh, so you've had Rebel Yell before? No, I haven't, but I hear not great things. But I haven't okay. had it, so I can't knock it. All right, so 
I mixed my bourbon and my lime juice mm -hmm. in the shaker. Yeah. Poured it. Now I gotta put some cubes in there. I'm sure, this is fascinating. I'm entertained. And top it off with my diet ginger beer, which is why I'm drinking a cocktail in the first place, because I'm trying to get off beer for a little bit. Mix it up in my whip-in glass from Austin, Texas. Throw some little bit of lime in there. Smells like ginger beer. What's the ratio on the components? Uh, two ounces of whiskey, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, fresh squeezed lime juice. Pour over ice, finish the glass with ginger ale. So probably half the glass was ice and alcohol, and then the other half is ginger beer. I'm drinking out of a pint glass. All right. So we'll see. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm excited. Excellent. Okay. So today's episode, we got to kind of make up for last week's. So um, uh, let's see. Oh, real quick. I have a note here that says... Uh, I listened to a guy on a podcast the other day use the a male use the phrase uh, "sig other" when what? talking about when talking about his wife, or I don't know maybe he's, maybe oh, his husband. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Maybe his husband. I'm not sure, but he said, "Yeah, me and my sig other the other day, like went to a movie, and I just I I think I might have turned the podcast off at that point. I don't I don't oh. understand these kids these days. Okay, so to keep the illustrious in our name. Um, I can guarantee you, you will not hear Sig Other on this show. Ever. Other than the four times you just heard it. That's it. Right. Or unless we interview the great uh, death metal band Sig Other. But it, unless <laughs> that happens, it's not going to happen. Okay, so I thought it'd be fun to have... Let's see. In the past, we've done our favorite artists. <laughs> we've done... Uh, we've we've talked about books that we would reboot with certain artists on it. <laughs> oh, so, did we? Yeah, I think at one point, didn't we come up with a list of books and then put a creative team on them? That sounds like a good idea. I don't know that we did it, though. Okay. Well, so today we're going to talk about artists that we don't see enough work from, that we would like to see more work from, and then I thought we talked about what we'd like to see them work on as well. So if, yeah. if, we, could, if we could hire these guys who, I don't know if the phrase underappreciated is used, because some of my guys on here are really popular artists but I, I yeah i sort of started from the notion of guys that i would like to see on a monthly book that don't right. either don't or aren't capable of that kind of production right yeah. right artists artists we really like that we'd like to see more work of on a regular basis are you with me i'm i'm with you okay and i have a feeling we're gonna have at least one overlap overlap you think so? P possibly two, but I think there's going to be one on there oh, that we both have. Interesting. I, I'm I'm going to say zero. I'm going to go out on okay. a limb and say zero. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? No. Sir? No, you go first. I always go oh, first. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate your kindness. Ladies first. So first on my list is uh, an artist who did a three-run, three issues of Daredevil that I loved of a Marvel Knights Daredevil series. Called Ninja. Daredevil Ninja, and it was Rob Haynes. And when I went on the comicbookdatabase.com website, apparently Rob Haynes has worked fairly regularly for the last like 15 years or more. Doing what? It's it 
through what research I could I could find because it's not really none of the art it's not really clear. But I think he does a lot of layout work and he works a lot with Babs Tar. So he did some stuff. He has some credits on Motor Crush. Uh, he has some credits on. Uh, oh jeez, I'm gonna get this wrong. I think he has a couple credits on Batgirl recently. But I think maybe he does layouts for her or he has done layouts for her. That's the only thing I could find because I don't own any of those comics to actually read to to see the 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 thing. But that's what one of them saw. One of my read saw layouts by Rob Haynes, art by Babstar. Oh my gosh! So I'm not quite sure, but yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like he worked on Gotham Academy and Motor Crush. Recently, he has a credit for every year, every year of the last like whatever twenty years maybe or eighteen years, but. That's completely off my radar. I really know him from that Daredevil uh, Ninja miniseries, which is groundbreaking at the time. And also, when I first started getting into like message boards on the internet and stuff like that, he would post a lot on certain message boards. You'd see a lot of his art online back in like the early two thousands. And then I, it just—I don't see enough work of his, and I loved his stuff. I especially like, I'm going to keep saying that Daredevil Ninja. I mean, if you've never read those three issues, go check out that miniseries. It's astounding. And my thought was to put him on a book that's big and colorful and actiony, and because he has almost like a manga style, but like a manga style that doesn't annoy me at all. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, um, I thought putting him on like a mainstream Superman book, not like a mm-hmm. dark and gritty Superman book, but a happy-go-lucky, you know, uh, hero for all ages, all-American sure. Superman book. And as I say that, he, that would also fit well on a Captain America book too. Just kind of like a you know, good-natured superhero book that's colorful and whatever, because that's the kind. He does that open line work art. Yes, I was just going to use that exact term. Yeah. Look, as a colorist, I don't color bleep, but you do. Do you dig that sort of art style? I do. That's really just line work? If it fits the story, I do. Like, I wouldn't want to see Okay, but I mean, but as as a colorist, as somebody that's going to... Is that more work? Is that less work? Is it harder? Is it easier? I'm curious. Well, I think it's more work, but if you want to have more of a stamp on the work, like, um, I mean, I think like Dave Stewart is an amazing colorist, but I also think a lot of guys could look really good on Magnolia's stuff because the light source is defined, the mood is defined, the environment is already there, you, you know. So someone who has a super open line style, it relies a lot on the colorist to set mood and environment and shading and shit like that. Oh. Darn it. Oh. Stuff like that. Oh, I'm you so- already bleeped up. I'm sorry, kids. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I would think it would be fun, but it, it would definitely be more work. That's for sure. A lot, you know, you know maybe, you know, maybe a real colorist would think otherwise, but I would think it would be both fun, but also more work. Uh, but anyways, that's my first, uh, that's my first name. And that's one of the two names I thought we might duplicate on. Uh, you, sir, are 100% wrong. I did not select Rob Haynes. Well, well, well. Let's see. I actually came up with 15 names, and I narrowed oh it my. down to five. Oh, good, because I only have... I have seven. Two of those are kind of like honorable mentions. Uh, so in no, no particular order. Uh, yeah, okay, let's go with that. My my first pick is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's it's my dude. Uh, on any list of uh, Mary Bop Kill, I would bop the bleep 
out of Kevin Nolan. Although, to, although I will say real quick, you didn't go talk to him at Heroes Con, did you? You did not introduce yourself to him at Heroes Con. Or... He was there? I think so. Oh. I could be wrong. I could just be trying to make you feel bad. Oh. That's what I do. To all my all my <laughs> girls. I just try to make them feel bad. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go go ahead. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right. So, I was trying to decide what I want to see him on. Batman's an obvious choice, but you don't... I don't feel like the range of subject on Batman is broad enough. Like I really like his creature work. And I think about like the designs he did for Batman animated series, man bat and uh, Mr. Freeze. And I want to see him draw creatures and, and garbage. Um, I was going to go with Dr. Strange because he's a popular Dr. Strange illustrator, but I don't care about Dr. Strange. Um, and I wanted something that was sort of superhero-y and sort of fantasy and sort of, uh, uh, monster horror or something he could play with a lot of darks and blacks. So I went with Thor. I, I think it spans a, a broad, a broad range of, uh, genres. Yeah. You could do almost anything in a Thor yeah. book. So, so that's where I landed. I might pick something else, given more time, but... And, you know, I don't mind Thor. I would read a Thor book over Doctor Strange, so that's what I went with. I could see that. He is... Um, so there's those guys who are artists' artists, right? Uh, like, everybody loves Eric Kennedy and everybody loves so-and-so and so-and-so. I think Kevin Nolan might be number one on everyone's list. I, I would say every comic book... Every working comic book artist would have to have Kevin Nolan in their top five, right? Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's the artist's artist. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like I just said that. Like the comedian's comedian. He's the, the Louis C.K. without the sexual misconduct. That's that's perfect description. He should put that on his business card. Yeah, and Kevin, I, I meant the bop thing, so give me a call. Uh, I meant to say starting all this off is almost everyone in my top five, I'm basing my love of their work off what they did in the early 90s or the 90s and the early 2000s. So keep that in mind only because I like most of these guys's guises, most of these guises and uh, early works. Use guys. Use guys. So the next guy I'm going to, I'm going to mention is I'm a huge fan of his pencil and ink work. He does a lot more lately. That's like painted and stuff. And not that I hate it, but I just don't love painted work. Mm -hmm. I'd rather see like a traditional pencil ink color work. Um, and this is the guy I thought we were, uh, the, the, this is the guy I thought we would overlap and it's Travis Charest. Oh yeah. Oddly, he did not even make my list of 15. Oh wow. You are terrible. Um, yeah. And I'm basing most of this off his, his amazing. So he started out with like, I think it was called dark stars at dark horse. And he was like a Jim, mm-hmm. he was like a Jim Lee clone, but even yep. like, even like a yep. clone of Jim Lee clones, he was like a Scott Clark clone when he first <laughs> came on the scene. Right. But then like, Two years, three years later, he, he's on Wildcats, and his work has completely evolved to something at that point I had never seen. Like, when his work on Wildcats, when it relaunched and he was the artist, it was, it was stuff I had never seen before. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It was astonishing. Right. Yeah. And then, to me, his, the pinnacle work, the thing I love most of his is the uh, Wildcats, X-Men, the Golden Age issue. Whew. All four of those issues were fire, but his his uh, oh. Golden Age, 
when he- that's the sexiest bleep I've ever seen. Yeah, when Wolverine and Zealot are fighting like oh, World War Two Nazis. I'm excited just thinking about. Oh, it. I just remember the panels of. I think he was riding a motorcycle and it had like bullet holes in it. I had never seen bullet holes drawn as well as those bullet holes. I mean, just amazing. And he's continued to do work. He's done a lot of work in Europe. He's doing a lot of a lot of covers now. He does this thing that's crazy difficult where he, he takes like uh, environments and figures that are just so realistic's not even not even the word but it's not static there's so much energy in these figures that are that are so rendered and sculpted it's uh, he combines those two things better than anybody and the, his layouts are crazy awesome, too. Yeah, I was just about to say that he is the most realistic artist who's not realistic at all. Yeah. He's the best car- He's the best realistic cartoonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that Wildcat's X-Men issue is maybe the prettiest single issue of comics. Oh. Maybe one of the prettiest to look at ever made. So good. It's so good. So I would put Travis, and he does covers now for, he does doing the X-Men Red covers now, but a lot of those are just static images of like one character on a black background. Um, And he's done a bunch of Star Wars covers and a lot of covers for DC. But I would put him on, because I couldn't figure out what to put him on, right? Because he's so good at everything. So I Mm -hmm. thought uh, a Trinity book for DC, because his Wonder Woman would be amazing. His mm-hmm. Batman would be really good. Superman's just there. But, I mean, if there was a Wonder Woman Batman book without Superman, he would be perfect for that too. Uh, but I thought, like, put him on the big the big three for DC. Put him on their biggest book. Because if he could hit a monthly deadline month in and month out, oh yeah, uh, he would he would be on everyone's list. He should already be on everyone's list, but he, sh- he would be back on everyone's list. Uh, so there we go. And I, I hope I pronounce his name right. I've never heard it spoken aloud, but I assume it's Sharae. Sure, it sounds good. When I was a kid, it was Cherist. Cherist. Travis Cherist when I was a kid. That's how I said it. Sounds like an expensive drink. Yeah, it does. Like a, I'll have the Travis Charest. Yeah, sounds like that. Uh, oh, 1998, please. That's a good year. Yeah, it's like that uh, It's like that uh, $15 old-fashioned that a friend of the program made me buy. It would be a Travis Charest. Okay, let's keep it rolling, buddy, because we got names to go through. Who's next? So I, I, I'm shocked that he wasn't on your list. We literally just talked about him oh, last, yeah, last I episode. I should. He should be number 16. Yeah. I just totally. With a bullet. Yeah. I bleeped that one out. Yeah, you did. You really honked that honker. <laughs> Mother humper. Mm-hmm. Dag nabbit. Go for it. All right. Uh, let's see. All right, um, this is just for fun. Uh, I think I uh, posted something about this a week, a couple weeks ago. Uh, my favorite turtles artist, AC Farley, Fairly, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like a- I, I, I don't know. He's probably done interior work on the book at some point. He did a lot of covers towards the end of the Mirage run. Just these really like squat, ugly turtles, and I love it. And uh, I want him on a Ninja Turtle book. Yeah, he's like a... And I'll write it. He's like a chunky style guy, right? Like thick lines, chunky lines. Yeah. Never uh, really... Doesn't really yeah. lay down line width, just lays down chunky marker lines. Um, No, like his figures are but, chunky, but yeah. the, the line work isn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
have you ever seen him do anything other than Turtles covers? Um, I suppose we could Google it, but I'm not going to do that. I I think he's done other Mirage work. Um, I couldn't tell you what other books they produced. It's a good. Yeah. It's a it's a yeah. personal fantasy pick. Yeah, Google them, right? Because as you said, you would write it, so it's a little that, little biased, yeah. little uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. The, I mean. Yeah. This is my list. Okay. Uh, the next name on my list, you may not even know this guy, but for about two years, I, lo- I loved his work back in the 90s. And now, mm. and now let's see, I'm going to try to give you a hint, or our listeners a hint. Oh, I'm excited. He's now a fine artist who's really well known in the fine art world. Boom. I got it. But uh, who, do you know who nope. it is? Oh, you just made it. that. Yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, no, go ahead. I know who it is. Oh, say it then. No, it's Aaron Weisenfeld. It is Aaron Weisenfeld, particularly for his Death Blow Wolverine. I think it was a, another three-issue or maybe a two-issue series. I'm not quite sure. Two, um, yeah. And again, shockingly enough, we talked last week about how I don't love... Team 7. Yeah, and his Team 7 work was great. So we talked last week about how I don't love manga, but Rob Haynes' Daredevil Ninja and the Death Blow Wolverine book were pretty much manga books. They were very open line, very... Super detailed backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, his line work is just great. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess I first saw him. He did a couple issues of Cable where he came to my attention. And then he jumped over to Wildstorm, and that Team 7 miniseries he did was fantastic. I loved it. He was one of the first, like, Wildstorm guys who wasn't a Jim Lee clone who went over there, like, with his own style. And then that Deathblow Wolverine miniseries was just, like, gangbusters. So... I was trying to think what would I want to see him on and I was thinking like oh that open line style but he can draw big like frumpy powerful dudes so I went with the Hulk because it's a, he's a big dude I'm not a big Hulk fan um, I'm, I, I, I like the Hulk when he's smart like Peter David Hulk like when he has all his faculties but he's still the Hulk that's my kind of Hulk that I like um, so if Aaron Weisenfeld could be on a book like that I think it would be great but I think hmm. it would be great on any book um, and I noticed when I researched him, he has done covers for comic books in the last like 15 years. He's done, he did a couple of fables covers and some other stuff, but he is, uh, as far as, as far as my research shows, he's a very well-known fine artist now. Kind of like a, yeah, yeah. I, I forget where I see his stuff now. Is it on Facebook? Is that where I find him? Maybe, or maybe Instagram. I'm not sure. Um, and he also spells his yeah. name. He also spells his name like a baller. It's A R O N. That other A. If it's silent, what do you need it for? Aaron. Aaron. So he is A A Ron Weisenfeld is my number three, <laughs> with a bullet. Okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you figured. I'm glad you got that. I'm glad you even pulled the team seven out. So I like that. We're on the same. That was a great series. It was a great series. We're on the same wavelength. Uh, oh, and also. He started writing at Wildstorm almost before he was drawing. He's the credited writer on Brass that Joe Bennett drew. Oh. Which blew me away. He wrote that he wrote and drew that Deathblow Wolverine miniseries. Um hmm. so that was interesting. Good for him. Yeah, that was interesting. Alright, hit me with your hit me with your number three in no particular order. Uh number three. Art Adams. Uh and Probably comes to no surprise. I am going to put him on Fantastic Four. 
Art Adams on Fantastic Four is my number three. And I would have it be the new Fantastic Four. I was going to say, it has to Bleep, be. Bleep, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for Donkey's sake, I mean, that those two issues of Fantastic Four are the best two issues of Fantastic Four of all time. That might be a little hyperbole, but. No. Those three issues are. Oh, I thought it was only two. Three, sir. Great. Great stuff. I mean, you could put him on almost any book, but again, it would have to be like a colorful. Like you couldn't put him on the Punisher, or maybe not even no. a, not even a Batman book. It'd have to be a. It's got to be something with a lighter tone, and again, like I wanted for, for, Kevin Nolan's book, I wanted to have the, range of, things for him to illustrate. Especially, you want him drawn monsters, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Art Adams is a great, yeah. great, great choice. Great. And he's, but he's a guy that I think, um, you know, using whatever parameters we personally used for our lists, he's a guy who chooses not to, not to work as much as he does. I mean, he doesn't have to, right? He just does. Covers. Oh, he doesn't have to. No. Right. I think when they relaunched the X-Men, the Bendis, uh, Eminent X-Men, didn't he do like a 15, 15's way too much. Maybe he did like a five issue gatefold variant of that so the first five issues maybe you know so he did like i'm I'm holding my hands out i would make a joke about the size of appendage of my body but i'm not going to (laughs) but he did something very like gigantic and i think it was a i think if you bought all of his variants and unfolded them he did maybe five gatefold covers i could be completely lying about all of this i'm not quite sure maybe I, I saw some giant thing he did for, I think it was uh, Fear Itself several years ago. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Like with an eyeball on it, but it was like nine covers or something. That's what I'm thinking about. That all interlocked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's exactly something what I'm like thinking that. about. I'm sorry Whatever. for what I said earlier. I apologize. But he he, he uh, regularly posts like commissions. And a lot of them are like cover recreations too. Right. Which are super dope. Right. Yeah, I bought. I think we both Tight, have. Yo. We both have one of those prints, right? I have an X Men cover recreation print. I think you do as well, or no? Oh, I do not. I, I've got a King Kong versus a Tyrannosaur print here above my desk. Hmm. Yeah, I got a X a twelve by eighteen cover reproduction of an X Men cover. It's the only non original thing I have hanging on my original wall because it's black and white. So, so good. It's so great. He's so good. Yeah. And he was so nice. I mean, I when I bought it, I told him how much I loved his work. And so hot right now. Everybody says that. Art Adams. Yes. And he's a dude who came out of the gates being amazing. He didn't have, like, he came out with. And Fuego. He came out with Longshot, and it was, like, nothing you had ever seen before, and he was already great. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a guy who's. And uh, I guess, yeah, he and uh, Mike Mignola were boys growing up, right? I, I think were they? that's the thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think they 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 grew up in the same town. Oh, okay. They're about the same age. Something in it's the water. It's weird how diverse their styles are. If you look at early, if you look at their early work, it's not that different. Mignola's early no, work is very much like that. I like a lot of Mignola's early work. He's yeah. a guy who could have made the list because he doesn't do a lot of stuff anymore. Yeah, but are you really going to put Mike Mignola on a? I mean, on I guess Spider-Man. we're not doing underappreciated, yeah. but yeah. We've dedicated several hours of our, however many hours we've talked already to that guy. That amazing son of a gun. I would marry him. I would bop Kevin Nolan, but I would marry Mike Mignola. I would kill Mitch Garrett. I think we already, oh, I think, don't don't let it all go, because I think we're already planning out next week's episode. Um, 
All right, so next on my list is Jason Pearson. Oh. So I like... We're going to have zero overlap. <laughs> so I liked... Uh, I liked his work on X-Men. He did an Executioner annual, like an X-Men annual that introduced the Executioner, or maybe it's just an issue. There's a character called the Executioner. Of course there is. And he had, like, he was able to nullify. The Executioner. Yeah. He, the, he was able to nullify the, all of the. The executive. You know, <laughs> some mutant in a suit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the Executioner had this, like, gimmick where he could nullify all of their abilities. So he had, like, a. Shiar cloaking device so he could get on the school and whatever that so anyways that was when i was first introduced to jason's work i think because i was never like a i think he did work on legion when he when uh when he first came in to the industry but i wasn't a dc guy then um but the first time i read uh body bags i was blown away it was one of the first like adult quote-unquote books i'd ever read was body bags and uh, i just loved it i loved the design of clown face i loved everything about it um, and so Jason Pearson, I think should be doing more work. I don't know. I don't know if he's quick enough to do a monthly book or, or, or I don't know. I know there's been issues of him maybe rubbing people the wrong way or editors. I don't know. I just know that. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I just know that I love his stuff. I wish there was more of his stuff. Uh, I think maybe he's just outspoken and a lot of people don't like that. I dig it. Mm-hmm. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about what kind of book would I want him on? Because he has that heavy ink style, you know, lots of spotted blacks, lots of heavy inks. So I was thinking of something. Then I was thinking like the Punisher, but then I'm like, ah, I don't, really, yeah. I don't really want to read yeah. a Punisher book. I feel like I've been Punishered out. Um, really? So then I was thinking, but he also has like a, he obviously has like an urban style to it too. Like that's body bags is heavily influenced, you know, it's in, in kind of like an urban modern environment. So then I went with uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, like a new Heroes for Hire book. Oh, wow. That he was he would be on, I think would be great. It's got a good urban feel to it. You could still draw big, powerful characters like uh, Power Man. You know, so I uh, that's where I went. I thought that would be a fun book, fun action. That's a solid choice. Urban, yeah. I would not read it, but yeah. I think I would totally read it. Well, I mean, that I don't read anything, so it's not, it's not a knock against that. It's just... You know, I'm cheap and illiterate. I just choose not to read. I can. I just choose not to. Well, I, if you can't, it's okay to talk about it. Because it felt like last week you had a, some issues reading last week. So if it's something we need to talk Look, about. I, I read the Beer Advocate review at the top of this episode, you son of a peach. Yeah, you sounded great, too. You sounded like a really attractive, computerized British woman. <laughs> All right, is it my turn now? Sure is, buddy. Uh, my number four is going to be Jeff Darrow, and I am going to put him on a Star Wars book so he can draw all sorts of gadgets and machines and spaceships and garbage. The only thing I've read, and it's another, we talked a little bit last week about um, stuff we should read or everyone assumes we should read that we didn't read. I, the only Jeff Darrow stuff I've, I've even read is Hard Boiled. Uh, I never, yeah. I never read Shaolin Cowboy. I have a couple issues of that, maybe. I feel like it's something I, I would. I mean, it's dig. pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the first. He was kind of like the first dude, uh, at least a Western comics guy, American comics guy, who went full like just fill every every millimeter of space with 
Like he he's not a big fan of negative space. That Jeff Darrow guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I appreciate that because I would love to see negative space. That's negative thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I would love. I would love to see a page, like a book of his, and they probably have one. Dark Horse probably has one. I just don't have it. Uh, of originals, because when you shrink everything down, it's everything is much more compact. Obviously, that's sure. how physics work. So I would love to see, like, really how how busy is an original page of his to mm-hmm. make it to make it look that busy when it's reduced. You know, I would love the idea if he worked on like a four foot by two and a half foot page. <laughs> you know. I realize that's that's not realistic, but I think that would be neat. Uh, yeah, him on a Star Wars book, but not like a like a in my mind a Star Wars book with no ties to. Sorry, a Star Wars. Oh, I don't care. Rookie amateur hour over here. A Star Wars book with no ties to anything we know about Star Wars, right? Oh, I. It, it, what does it matter? I don't want to see pseudo likenesses from him. You don't have to do likenesses. I don't care. Yeah, they you put it in the word balloon. You say, "Blah blah blah, Poe." Oh, that's Poe, right? That's, or that's like Jeff Darrow's Poe. Th- there's a time in the '80s on the X Men when uh, every splash page would just have the name of the X Men, the X Man, in a caption yeah. box yeah. next to their head. It was great. Like uh, if you if you open the, one of the splash pages to one of uh, one of the Inferno books, it's a Mark Silvestri double page splash book, and it must have like 30 X Men on it, and each of them have a caption next to their yeah. name. And I just remember like, thinking, like, that is so cool. It's the best there is at what he does or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, that's right. Psylocke can can manifest the right. I know total, who that is. The total totality of her psychic ability into a knife. <laughs> oh, I just found out uh, when I was at the comic book store the other day that they turned Psylocke back into a white girl. Oh, okay. Which I thought was funny. She was not a white girl. Yeah. See, she was only white for like her first two appearances, and then she got captured by the hand and turned into an Asian. Wow. I do not care at all. Yeah. I mean, I've sucks for the Asian community cause they lost. That'd be fun to do captions though. It'd be like <laughs> Psylocke Iceman favorite ice cream is Rocky road or something. <laughs> yeah. How can I get a job just writing the captions for the characters? Cable daddy issues. One mat, one <laughs> metal arm. Ryan Cody wants to draw a cable book for the rest of his life monthly. That would be the caption, right? Loves NCIS. Yeah. Big fan of Body Slide by Three. Um, <laughs> all right. So you went with Jeff Jeff Darrow. Jeff with a G. Okay. Jeff with my a next G. Guy, yeah. My next my next artist is someone who, again, I think he if he wanted to do a monthly book in whatever genre he wanted, he would get hired tomorrow. Uh, John Paul Leon. Leon, hmm. Leon. Uh, so the example, I mean, he does great work. Everything he's done is great. I became a fan of his. Are we going to talk about Shadow no, Cabinet? No, I'm just saying now. I became a fan of his on Shadow Cabinet um, and on Static. But I think if, if if there's people out there, and we have a lot of new listeners like in the Netherlands for some reason and like <laughs> other places. But so, so if people don't know who JPL is, uh, go get The Winterman. It was a Wildstorm slash DC graphic novel. That is the perfect example, I think, of his work. I think he's just one of the best. He's another guy who does uh, sort of like a uh, hyper, not hyper. So if Travis Charest does a hyper realism that doesn't look realistic, then JPL does a uh, stylish realistic that's not realistic. Um, and I would, uh, I, I would obviously put him on a on a main Batman book. 
I mean, he's not suited. There's no book he's yeah. suited better for, I think, than a Batman book. Um, yep, I'd do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to start singing a song, Heartbeat, because I just heard on a podcast, I, <laughs> Don, Don Johnson's Heartbeat, but I would put him on a Matt, Matt, Batman book in a heartbeat. I would flip the leap through that book at the comic book shop. I would not buy it because I don't buy anything again. Right. But, yeah, I would look at it hard. Mm-hmm. Hard. So hard. So hard. So good. Okay, let's keep it rolling. All right, this is it, huh? Number five. Yeah, but I still have two more, so we can go. We, when 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 I run oh. out, we can just go through your list, because I'm sure it's oh. fantastic. Um, uh, I'm going with uh, Chris Sprouse. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Yes, and I'm gonna put him on a Superman book. Great choice. Uh, just really fun, light. Uh, again, lots of open lines. Just really solid storytelling. Just really like a uh, um, heavy, like a uh, really attractive figures. Yeah, I think he's another guy that you can put into the artist artist sort of category. Yeah, it's it's funny. Well, yes, and I would recommend. I'll come back to what I was going to say was funny, which isn't funny. It's just coincidence. It's not funny at all. Um, yeah, I would say his Tom Strong stuff is him at his height. Him at his uh, you know, him sure. Him going crazy on fun stuff, you know. I love that stuff, and I think he'd be great on a Superman book. My only my uh, maybe like a Superboy book. He doesn't draw big and bulky. That you know. What are you talking about? To me, I, I Tom Strong bleeping strong. You're right. I'm a Fargan dummy. You're right. I didn't think about that. It's not Tom Weak. That's right. Yeah. I guess when I see Superman, I want Superman to be... Ed McGinnis Superman? Maybe not that top heavy, but some yeah, somewhere between a, somewhere between a Brian Hitch and an Ed McGinnis is where I want my Superman to be. Hmm. Body style. That's what I'm aiming for, personally, for myself. Yeah. Right in the middle there. I want to look like Ed McGinnis drew me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well... You're really getting there, I can tell on this. <laughs> From our dial-up connection, I can tell you're looking good. Uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I look like Mark Bagley drew me. I was <laughs> going to say, so I think that uh, maybe for a time, I could be misremembering, but I think Chris, Spr- Chris Sprouse at one time was part of Guy Jean Studios. Or Scotty Young. Scotty Young drew me. Yeah, you look like a Scotty Young drawing. Um, <laughs> so I think maybe there's some ties there. Maybe I'm misconstruing things. And then, so when I was doing my research on Rob Haynes, I was like, oh, he used to be one of the Gaijin guys too, I think. And then, so that led me to another guy who's not necessarily, I don't know if he was ever in that studio, but part of that Southern crew of artists. Um, and he, I didn't put him on my list, but I'm going to, I'm going to put him in right now is uh, Chris Bruner. He did some great work, some great covers for Legends of the Dark Knight back in the day. He did uh, Loose Ends he, uh, with uh, Rico and uh, Jason Latour. Um, Chris Bruner is a great artist who I would like to see on a monthly. I don't know what monthly off the top of my head. Uh, he could do, he could be really good on a Batman book. Um, but yeah, I was trying to tie all that Southern, all that Southeast, okay. uh, Southeast crew together, I suppose. All right. Next on my list is, I think we, I think this name has come up before between you and I, maybe in private, maybe in a darkened room, but, uh, <laughs> Um, a guy who I like, but I don't see enough work of just cause I don't buy, if he's on a title, it's not something I'm buying for the most part. 
but uh, Carrie Nord, I think, uh, should be on a. Big... Oh, he does a lot of regular work. Right, he does. He does a lot of regular work at Valiant and stuff like that. I just don't read a lot of that stuff. Um, I He's have doing regular DC work now. Is he? Yeah. Okay, so so also. He's another guy who a lot of his valiant work was uh, colored pencils. I think like it went straight from pencils to colors. Yeah, I, I want I want the inks though. You know, I want like when he when I first noticed him was on Daredevil. So I want that yep. kind of ink line. He also did uh, what was that great? It was an X Men spinoff in an alternate world where Havoc got tra- trapped in another dimension and he had his own X book. Oh yeah exiles or something no it wasn't exile it, i know it wasn't exiles that was a different book in another dimension that was an x-men oh. book um with havoc it was kind of like havoc's right. version of x factor but they were all right. bad guys but he had to pretend to be a bad guy to fit in I, uh, so it had like madeline Pryor and it had like an evil ice man and an evil beast oh, jesus oh my god it was this is exiles not exile is it no, because Exile, maybe it is, and then later they had, like, that character Blink and stuff. Yeah, maybe it is Exiles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> but his his work on that book was great. I loved it. Um, and I'm not going to go out on a limb here. I want to see him. Yeah, um, uh, who's the, uh, who's the artist I associate with that? Tom Grummet. Rainey. Rainey. Yeah, Tom Rainey took over for him. Yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> Not Tom Grummet. Tom Grummet's a great Superboy artist. Um, yeah. Did he make your top 15, Tom Grummet? Tom Rainey could have made my list too. Tom, Tom Rainey's great too, yeah. He uh, he always, he, whenever there was, back in the day, there were always fill-in issues of X-Men. You'd get, see guys like uh, Terry Shoemaker and other names. Like, uh, like Brandon Peterson kind of started out doing yeah. fill-in work. Yeah. But whenever I saw Tom Tom Rainey doing the fill-in, I was like, oh, this is still going to be a really good issue. Um, yeah, Tom Rainey's a good dude, too. Uh, but anyways, I would I would not go out on a limb, and I would want to see Carrie Nord back on Daredevil. You wouldn't go out on a Ron limb? No, because I'm not a big fan of Silver Surfer. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was going to say that was a bad joke, but that was a quality comic book joke. It was. It was uh... In the context of our show, that was... A plus. Right. And the level of comedy that this show is and the level of puns we drop going out on a Ron limb. limb. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right. Hit me, hit me with some more hotness. Scott, (laughs) (laughs) a couple of guys that I had chosen, but I couldn't really find books for. Um, I was going to go with Jeff Smith. Ooh. And I, I know he did that, uh, Captain Marvel miniseries. I didn't read it, but, he just seems like a good fit for something like that. Um, and Jose Ledron, you know, was another guy that I always really liked. So when I researched Aaron Weisenfeld, I came across Cable, and I was thinking in the back of my head, there's another Cable artist I really like. So Steve Scross came up, who's great. Yeah, yep. Who his reboot of Youngblood was fantastic. Um, but then Ledron might have done more issues of Cable than anybody else on that first run. Yeah, just what a strange fit for that book. That's what I thought. I wasn't buying yeah, that's that. Great. I wasn't buying that book at that time, but I was thinking like how weird is what's happening now? Like this is so bizarre. <laughs> um yeah, to to put this uh like uh this I I it's I don't mean this to be derogatory, but like this Kirby clone 
on a on a Rob Liefeld character. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. I'm sure that might have been like an inside joke in Marvel in the bullpen at one point or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's funny because I came across I came across his name yesterday and I was thinking, yeah, he's he's great. But I don't know if I really ever read. I always like looking at his stuff. I don't know if I've ever read a comic by him. But if they well, do, it, it, they, he had his interior line work, which is really, you know, Kirby esque, but. I I don't know if you've looked at any of his recent stuff. He did a series of covers for um, uh, the Spirit relaunch. I I don't remember which publisher that was, but they were amazing. He's a it's a painted stuff though, right? Yeah. yeah. So look it up, kids. It's great. Yeah, great stuff. But okay, so if uh, if there's a huge uh, if there's a huge outcry for Kirby Fourth World stuff after uh, the current Mister Miracle book wraps, put him on one of those. It's perfect fit. Okay. So you got some more names, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my last name in, and then we can go back yeah, go to, back it. to your list. And I got this when I was researching Carrie Nord, because a lot of Carrie Nord's Valiant stuff is on comics Comicsology Unlimited right now. You can read it for free. So when I was reading it, I I got all this stuff a couple of years ago in a hum, humble bundle. So I I have all yeah. these digital books, and there's a name that always stuck out to me that I loved, but then it keeps popping out of my head because I don't. I don't read any of his stuff on a monthly basis. Uh, Trevor Hairsign, who did some Exo Man of War stuff after Carrie Nord or between Carrie Nord arcs. He's kind of a, yeah, his stuff is kind of like a loose Brian Hitch style. Yeah, I was going to say. So if you had like a sketchy, inky version of Brian Hitch, that's not. Or sort of. Yeah. He's cut from the Hitch cloth. Right, but he's not... And Hitch is cut from the Alan Davis club. Right, but the the thing is, with Alan Davis had Mark Farmer, Hitch has Mark Farmer or... Uh, Paul Neary. Paul Neary, right. So th- that's all a very clean style of that of that mm-hmm. style of art. Whereas Trevor Harrison's stuff is very more sketchy, more gestural, looser. It's really good, really, really good. Um, I recommend his Valiant stuff. Um I, I I own the Divinity, the first Divinity trade that he drew. I, I'm not quite sure. I can't remember who wrote it. I didn't love it. It had some themes in it that were just, it, it just wasn't like big action comics, which is all I really care about. But the art's always great on it. Um, so so I would say put some time into researching Trevor Hairsign. And I went ahead and said, put him on an X-Men book, man. Big action, kind of a mix between a Mark Silvestri and a Brian Hitch just great kind of draftsman but not not super clean little 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 grungy little sketchy um so there you go trevor hair sign it's great i'd love to see him on on a big book okay all right i'm just gonna rattle off the rest of mine well you're gonna have to i'm not gonna talk about any of them maybe i'll talk about them sure uh adam hughes yeah he could uh Uh, ryan sook yeah uh let's see who else joe mad uh-huh all, uh, all guys who don't need to work on a monthly book yeah tony moore oh he's gonna do a issue of Ghost Rider coming up cool uh mark schultz eduardo rizzo frank quietly and i think michael lark is my last name eduardo rizzo does a monthly book for image does he what come moonshine what is that? It's uh, I think it's Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo. It's like a prohibition monster book. Oh, okay. Be right up your fucking alley, I think. The editor that I'm working with on 
on my current book is the editor of Moonshine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. I should, but I have not. Sure. Uh, who, who was the second to last name you threw out there? Uh, Frank Quietly. Yeah, he's another dude who can pick and choose projects. I mean, that's a lot of your yeah. – so a lot of your lists, I think we went, we went about it two different ways. I went about it with – I think these guys – should be put on bigger books and they need the exposure or not need it, but it would be, I think, I think, uh, I don't know. That was a wrong way for me to put it. But, um, anyways, your list of guys are guys who would turn down these gigs that, that you think you would love for them to be on. They would turn down a monthly book in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think you went more, uh, under the radar sort of mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had a good list. I liked your list. It was fine. Yeah, your list was okay. I'm still kind of pumped that you pulled the Aaron Weisenfeld out of your your rectum. That was good. He's a guy who he's okay. a guy who had he kept working and not gone into painting, I think right now would be a a, a, a Brian Hitch popular level guy. No, I don't think so. No, no. He'd probably have a nice image book right now, but. You know another yeah. Im- you know another image guy who did like one or two miniseries and then doesn't do a lot of work. I think maybe he works in film or animation is uh Matt Broom. Oh, okay. He did a great miniseries for Wild yeah. Storm back in the day yep. where they counted the issues down. So issue number 1 yep. was was number 4. Yeah. Um Good lord. It wasn't Defcon. Yes, four. it was. Was it? Yeah. That <laughs> That I pulled out of my ass. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I want to say maybe Sean, a guy named Sean Ruffner on inks, possibly or colors. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he um, did a lot of uh, Brett Booth's inking too mm-hmm. in his image days. Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked. Shocked old BB didn't make your list. <laughs> on like a on like a Devil Dinosaur reboot. Yeah, well, he's still working. He draws. He's a DC guy. Yeah, he does like uh, he, Titans he or regular Flash work. or something. Yeah. He's got a uh, Joker Daffy Duck coming out. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I was at the comic book shop on Wednesday and uh I was looking at the new release wall and I was like, "Oh, there's a lot. Keep in mind one of my books was on the new release wall, which doesn't happen very often, but I was sitting there looking at it and I turned to I turned to the store owner Corey and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's kind of a sad week this week." And then he told me he told me <laughs> he told me it's a fifth week, so there's only like two fifth weeks a year. So that's when they put out like weird shit. So all the Looney Tune DC things came out this week. So you had like Harley Quinn and Gossamer, like the guy who I didn't even know had a name, like the rug that what? walks around. Gossamer. Who is that? The big red rug that walks around in Looney Tunes just has two eyes and two little feet, two little arms, but it's like a hairy rug. Oh. So like, oh. So like if Captain Caveman grew hair sure. all, all over okay. his face and dyed it red. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I had a hard time, hard time, because what I don't want to do is I don't want to go spend, because I, I like ate my lunch at the at the comic book shop. I hung out for a bit. I don't want to be the guy who just goes there, signs his own comic, and then leaves. So I was having a rough time trying to find something to buy. Uh, but I did buy, uh, I haven't read it yet, but I did buy the uh, Sandman Universe primer that came out a couple weeks ago, where they have little bits and pieces from all the new Sandman Universe books. Um, and I'm interested in the... I'm interested in the one that's going to be drawn by, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Bilkis Evely. 
Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, Tom Fowler is drawing uh, books of magic, I think. So I'm those two interest Sweet. me. I just haven't had a time to read those two, but uh, yeah, that was my story from Wednesday. Pretty pretty interesting story. Cool story, bro. So I think I slipped up and I said uh, I said one swear word this episode. So we might even get a PG rating for this episode. Well, I mean, according to the MPAA, you're still allowed one F word in a PG thirteen. Yeah, but we didn't even go that far. Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast right before we talked. Uh, apparently, if you're a big fan of Mission Impossible movies, uh, the director of the last two movies and the writer Christopher McQuarrie did a seven-hour podcast with Empire Magazine where they talk about the development of the movie and going through the movie. Oh, my goodness. So I was like, oh, that's going to kill some time, and that sounds great. So I was listening to it. I would listen to the bleep out of that. Yeah. So uh, it's on SoundCloud. So Empire Podcast on Empire Magazine podcast wow. on SoundCloud. Uh, free plug. But uh, apparently, did you see Fallout? You did not go no. see Fallout. Okay. Uh, Henry Cavill, you know Clark Kent. Uh, he yeah. he utters uh, the f word in in that, and that's a PG thirteen movie, so you get the one. Yeah. Apparently, it was the only f word in all six Mission Impossible movies. Really? Because they're all PG thirteen. That's uh, some top shelf trivia. That is. Well, yeah. I'm glad I was able to deliver that. Okay. Uh, excellent, excellent work, my friend. You did good this week. I feel like yeah, go us. I feel like we really held it together this week. Uh, how, I finished another episode, right? So you have some sort of fruity patootie IPA, the Citrus Mistress. I have to admit, I've seen that can at my circle at my uh, Chevron every week that I've gone to that Chevron, Chevron for two years. The Chevron. Every time I go there, I see that can. I've never bought it. Uh, who's the Who's the brewer? Uh, this is Hop Valley. Okay, so what did you think about the Hop Valley? Out of Eugene, Oregon. Ooh, great town. everything's from Oregon. Great town, Eugene, Oregon. Big fan of Eugene, Oregon. Um, What was the IBV, or the, yeah, the IBV on that? ABV. ABV 6.5. Oh, okay. Good. So what do you got? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, it was decent. Uh, pretty solid three. Yeah, you did not make any faces while you were drinking it, which is a change from last week. Okay, so my uh, whatever it's called, I want to say it's called something like the Beckett Mule or the uh, uh, I'll I'll it's on my phone. So when I post it on the podcast, when I post it on the website, it'll be correct the name of it. But it's essentially the the Bourbon Mule. Um, it was good. I will say that all I taste is ginger beer. So if that's the point of these cocktails is for you to just get the ginger taste because the bourbon ginger the bourbon and ginger drink tastes very similar to the vodka and ginger drink. I really can't taste that much of a difference. Really? There's too much ginger beer then. Yeah, it's actually at one point my lips were tingling cuz it was too spicy, I think. Um but then it does say the 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 recipe does say to pour it into a highball glass and I poured mine into a pint uh-huh. pint glass so I might have way ah, way too much go. ginger. So what I'm going to do for the volume is a little different. Yeah. So what I'm going to do for our listeners is I'm going to go ahead and have another one, not cuz I want it, but because I feel like I need to do it oh, wow, to rate it to rate it properly. Is I'm going to go get a highball glass which I'm not quite sure what that is. It's 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 a skinny tall glass, right? It's not a short whiskey glass, right? 
What's a highball glass? A highball? Yeah, what's a highball glass? A highball, glass? no, it's a, it's a taller, uh, narrower glass, yeah. Right. It's like a skinny little tall thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically go get an 8-ounce glass instead of a 12-ounce glass. And I'm going to do this properly, and then I'll be able to rate it accordingly. Wow. Um, what a guy. But I am going to say I had two of these. You know what? I don't want to be a liar. Let me finish this real quick. <laughs> So I had two of these full pint glasses in the span of like, let's say an hour. No, a little over an hour. And they were both good. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a solid that, a four. And that's four ounces of liquor. Yeah, but it's Friday and I kind of already. In an hour. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, like an hour and a half. Look, you're trying to gaslight me. I don't know if that's the term. No, but you're trying to. You just said an hour. You're trying to. You're trying to train light me. Um, I don't know that one. So I kind of woke up this morning realizing I'm not going to get all the work done I wanted this week. So then I was like, oh, so now I can just chill. So, you know. <laughs> so I ink, I inked like four panels this morning. I'll edit this podcast this afternoon. Uh, we're good to go. It's been a good week for me, work wise, kind of. Um, Okay, so I'm going to give my drink a four, whatever it is, bourbon, ginger ale with some fresh, fresh squeezed lime. And I go, you know, I go with the uh, key limes. That's what I do. I'm a big fan of key limes. What? Key limes. Oh, key limes. Yes. So that's where we're at. I feel like I'm falling apart now. We had such a good first hour and seven minutes, and then I really just threw it. No, we're done. Threw it in the dumpster. We're running on fumes. Yeah. So next week's going to be. bleep mary murder or bleep mary kill our favorite comic book artists so <laughs> come back next week and watch the bridges burn um anything else you want to talk about before uh, i do the wrap-up ryan's my kill <laughs> scott's my uh, bleep <laughs> no no there's nothing i want to talk about okay good i'm all done with you people excellent uh so listen to scott listen you know, I guess if you read it out loud, you'd be so read Scott's tweets out loud to yourself if you follow him <laughs> at Scotty God on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Cody on Instagram at Ryan Cody seventy five and the show on Twitter and Instagram at TIG underscore show and go to tickshow.com, support the show, click on the support link, get all that good stuff. Scott has an intruder in his house. I'm gonna let him go handle that and uh, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, I got to go. All right, bye. We come in pieces. We come in pieces. We come in pieces all because of you.